Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, another exciting week of uh, SFL games that we're going to be talking about soon. Um, I hope everybody had a great weekend, and um, I hope they have a successful week coming up. So, obviously, we've been off a couple weeks, school, work, the lack of hot water in my house, but we're back. Things are looking up for us. So, Ben... Take us right to the schedule for week seven. Tell us who won, who lost, and uh, some results. Yeah, so we'll start with the Saturday games, the first game of the week. Denver traveling to Portland. Uh, Denver coming out with the victory 30-24. to 24. Uh, It was a back-and-forth game. Um, Denver had a 13 nothing lead, and then Nelson Lozano catches his first touchdown. I believe it was his first career touchdown. Uh, that was a great catch down the seam. Uh, and then Ezekiel Love with 10 seconds runs for an 80-yard touchdown to take the lead. However, uh, Portland could not win, um, and Denver uh, improves to five and one, or six and one. Yeah, six and one. Uh, Louisiana, Houston, Houston getting a victory, 27 to 14. Uh, Johnny Pickler uh, threw for four interceptions. Uh, not a good night for him. He struggled. Uh, Registrator only had 40 yards uh, on the ground. Uh, Louisiana did not get the win on the road. E.T. King threw for uh, 274 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it seems like the link isn't working. Hang on. Uh, should we pause for a sec? No, we can go. I'm doing a loop right now. We can keep going. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. I'll keep going. Uh, Vancouver, Jacksonville, Vancouver, uh, their offense has, I wouldn't say struggled over the past three weeks, but they are, we're on a three game, uh, or two game losing streak. Uh, Tom Pepper throws for 424, uh, 21 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, had a completion percentage of 82.2%. Uh, Robert Richford, uh, uh, only 25 yards rushing, they all they needed was to pass, but that is a concern. Heading down the line if Robert Redford cannot get going. Uh, looking to Jacksonville, a solid day for uh, Christian Christensen, uh, 266 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jared Willis, 11 uh, carries, 72 yards in the touchdown. Uh, moving on to uh, Florida, uh, St. Louis. Florida scoring 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat the Gladiators 27-10. Uh, Christian Brown, he did okay. He had two interceptions, 250 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, they could not really get the run game going. Uh, only 71 yards from Cairo Martinez, 31 from Bill Cherry. Uh, Florida, 
again, I, these games I'm looking at, the running backs, uh, other than the Portland-Denver game, did not did not fare well this week. Um, J.W. Doyle <laughs> only ran the ball four times, uh, had 66 yards of a touchdown, along a 53. I mean, they did not. Uh, but Charlie Belisky had 19 carries to 45 yards. Okay. Uh, then Tulsa, Mexico City. This is an absolute shootout. Mexico City winning 48-35. Uh, both teams combined for over 850 total yards of offense. Uh, JQ, 450 yards passing, four touchdowns, but through four interceptions. Matt Wilson, solid day, 354 yards, two touchdowns. But again, Phoenix Jones, 62 yards. However, he did have three touchdowns, but only 3.9 yards a carry. Uh, and then D.C. getting their first win. Congratulations to them. Um, first franchise win over Lone Star, winning 38-28. Um, Shabazz Persynergy, uh 285 yards, three touchdowns. Kevin Say, huge day on the ground, 185 yards. Eight yards a carry, two touchdowns, along the 70. Um, Jeff Banfield also had a great game, um, receiving nine receptions, 136 yards. Uh, Lone Star didn't fare too well, um, but Ace Fennec almost had 300 yards, two touchdowns. Again, they weren't able to run the ball, only had uh, about 65 yards rushing. And now we're moved to the Sunday slate. Atlanta beating Baltimore 41-31. A uh, big win for Atlanta uh, against the Baltimore team that rarely loses at home. Uh, San Diego versus Vegas. Uh, San Diego offense continues to struggle, only putting up six points. Las Vegas winning 36-6. Fort uh, Worth uh, traveled to Arizona. Arizona, big win again, um, uh, beating them 20-13. to um, Queen City wins 27-20. to um, and a very close game, Sioux Falls getting their second win of the season. I think it's the second win in a row, actually. Uh, winning by one point against London, 14-13. to And then the final game to end the week, uh, Charleston beating L.A. 19-7. to All right, Ben, we have a caller on the line. Five open years old. Name hello. What's going on, Ben? What's going on, KT? How how we doing? Hey, Jacob. Doing good. How you doing? Ben, I'm doing good. I I, uh, I actually got off work in time to uh, check out your guys' show, so thought I'd call in and and listen to the uh, to the uh, KT and Ben show. Awesome, man. Um, Thank you for calling. Yeah, we're hey, you're welcome, guys. We're going to talk about the games this weekend. Uh, tell us your thoughts on the games uh, this weekend that we played. <laughs> um, you know, all, all games were, were, were really, really good. Um, you know, so really close, you know, close loss for, for us on, on our on our second game, you know, against, uh, against the tough Denver team. Um, you know, congratulations to the uh, DC Dragons for their very first uh, win, not in franchise history, but uh, at least in this uh, second coming of the uh, DC Dragons. I, I know how it feels 
to uh, finally get off the schneid. So uh, congratulations to uh, that coaching staff and to uh, Destro. Ben, you have any questions? Yeah, uh, Jacob, um, you know, how, how, this, uh, look, did you see the uh, awards, um, the mid-season awards? And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, if you had seen them. Um, I can't say that, that I have seen them. Um, most of the content that, that comes out from, uh, from the league, I, I generally shy away from it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. just, it, it's my own uh, personal preference to, uh, shy away from it. So, you know, um, I, I I've seen and, and heard from, from some people that, uh, shot, shot Allen got a, um, got a little shine, you know, nothing, nothing for shot, nothing for Bob or, uh, anything else like that. But, uh, you know, everyone is entitled to their, uh, to their opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was that was the most diplomatic answer I've ever heard on a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know I'm coming from the uh, coach's room, you know, coach's room, um, you know, owner's room, owner's box, and you know I'm I'm uh, I, I guess I can walk a very fine tightrope um, when I need to be. I, I have my GM in, on one shoulder and and uh, I got my uh, head coach on the other shoulder, just uh, keep keeping me in check. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have to say you're going to get into the rewards. Jacob, thanks so much for calling, man. We appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, guys. I'm going to hang out here for a little bit and and uh, have one heck of a show. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you me. very much, Jacob. So we're going to get into the rewards in a second. I do want to talk about our game that we had against Denver. And um, another post wall for Portland, you definitely see our team kind of come together. And I think I'll put in our – heading for the show, how close is Portland? So I think that's a legitimate question. Not talking from a, oh, I played for Portland, talking from an a, a analyst point of view, every week it seems like we're getting, we're getting better and better. You see early season offensively struggled, my offense kind of clicked a little bit. The defense is probably, and I'm going to say this, top five to me in the league right now, not to mention with turn- forcing turnovers, and just we're stopping people. I think Chesney was the one exception because he ran all over us this past week. What were your thoughts on our game this past week against Denver? Yeah, our defense, especially the secondary right now, is absolutely balling out. I mean, I think is it 12 or 13 interceptions in two weeks. It's simply amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was telling you after the game, I, it, it's, it's really frustrating because our team is doing so well and we're so close to that cusp of – being like a contender, we're we're like so close, and we just we just can't win these games. I, just the luck, we're not getting any luck. Sometimes we're not getting the calls or whatever. But I'm really proud of this team and the way we fought, fought in every game this season. You know, even when we're down, just this last game, we're down 30 to 17 in the third quarter. Denver's absolutely rolling, and our defense absolutely plays lights out. Uh, shot Allen, huge, huge interception, pick six. Um, and then we for, forced three straight three and outs um, in uh, the fourth quarter. Our offense just couldn't pull through, but we are close. We are very close. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit frustrating um, because, you know, you're almost there uh, and we just can't finish games. But, you know, our coaching staff is working hard 
and our players are playing well. I mean, huge shout-out for Nelson, too. Um, he got robbed of a touchdown in, like, week one against St. Louis, but finally catching mm-hmm. one. Huge play um, by him. And then Zeke, that huge 80-yard run out of nowhere with 10 seconds left. I mean, we score going into uh, before halftime, you know, 13-10. We're okay with that. But then he, he – or uh, it was 16-10, my bad. Um, but, you know, going to halftime, only down by six. But he pulls off a hell of a run, 80 yards downfield. The defenders couldn't catch him. So, um, like I said, we're close. And uh, when we get there, I mean, teams better watch out because our defense, whew, good, good luck to quarterback. Yeah, and you look, you look at the stats, you only had two to seventy yards total offense, two of 12 on third down, um, just with the end of the time to the ball. In time possession, go after Luke ran for that long touchdown run going at halftime. Denver got the ball in the second half, and they just ran down the field. It was a really long, I think it was a 12 or 13 play drive and drove down the field to the top of the clock. It was, I was highly impressed with the drive that Denver had coming out of halftime. They, they went to the Chesney and said, we're going to run the ball with you, we're going to throw short, we're going to run the clock, and we're going to kind of play ball control. And they really did, mid, until about midway, maybe late in the third quarter, and that's when balls kind of start coming back a little bit. We are slow starters, I will admit that, but I feel like as the game goes on, we get better and better and better. I think I told you um, when we were talking, we just run out of time. I thought like we kind of get it rolling and things, we have that momentum, and then we run out of time in fourth quarter, triple zero. So I feel like... We are close. I do feel like the game against Houston this week, you know, I'm going to make a prediction. I think we can beat Houston this week. I really do think we can beat Houston. I think the game we had this week, even if we had last week, I think really sets us up momentum-wise to go and defeat a, a, a good Houston high game. Yeah, and to go off your point there, um, Jared Chesney, oh, my God, man. He is an yeah. absolute beast out there. He was running to you guys for a lot of the game um, and just not, simply could not, not be stopped. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. He's, he's such a great running back and such a great weapon. Uh, I, this Houston game is going to be really interesting because, uh, you know, they're coming off two, two strong victories. Uh, they beat Denver, beat Louisiana uh, at home again. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, dude. Um, I, I think we have a shot. But the one thing I would say is our offense really needs to start on fire right away. We can't wait till the second quarter to start, you know, scoring touchdowns, scoring field goals, you name it. Uh, we need to start scoring – our first possession, second possession of the first quarter, because we end up getting behind, uh, like in the Denver game, somewhat of the Arizona game, um, and it's just a struggle playing from behind. We need to get ahead early, let our defense uh, uh, destroy uh, the other team, and then our offense can maintain that time of possession that I think we're one of the league leaders in time of possession uh, every game, you know? So, if, if we can just get that lead and have our defense settle in um, and then our offense can follow through with the time of possession, I think that's going to be the key this week. Um, score early, time of possession, and then we can win. The final point on this game, too, I think in football terminology, especially I think when I played football years and years ago, the phrase uh, system quarterback was always considered like a bad thing, was always like a knockout of God. 
I think Josh Miller, in the Denver system, where they're not asking Josh Miller to do a whole bunch, I think it works. And I think 22 of uh, 22, 32, 216, he's still fourth pick, two touchdowns. But he manages the system really well. McChesney's the guy. But when they need Miller to make a big throw, he's there. And he made a lot of really big throws, especially in that fourth quarter, to kind of pull Denver through. So I think Josh Miller is an underrated quarterback. And we say system quarterback is not necessarily a bad thing. I think in this case, Josh Miller works for the Denver, the Denver offense. Yeah, uh, he obviously struggled last week, and I, uh, I think he struggled um, for a lot of this game. But other than these past two games, he, he's a pretty great quarterback. Uh, you know, that throw down the right-hand side for the touchdown, I think it was to uh, Bryce Battle. Yes, it was Bryce Battle. Mm-hmm. Um, abso- it was an absolute dime. Like, it was a perfect throw. Uh, you know, if he can just do that and cut down on the interceptions, I think – you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat. So the other game I want to talk about, and, you know, there's a lot of conversation about St. Louis earlier. I know we had a conversation, like, how good is St. Louis? Right now, they lost two in a row. They lost to Florida 27-10. Um, same question. I think that's a legitimate question. How good is St. Louis? Was that just pay? We might have had an easier schedule in the beginning. Now we're starting to hit kind of that, that rubber hits the road point. And you're starting to see the real fake real side leaders, or do you think there's more to this team and that you just hit a rough spot right now? You know, I think I think the problem with St. Louis is a lot of their games have been close this season. Um, if you if you look at it, I don't think other than the Florida game, I think it's been less than fifteen, ten, fifteen points every game, like between the full teams. Um and I think mm-hmm. it's finally starting to catch up with them. Because you're not gonna always win the close games. I mean it's just it's it's tough. Uh, you know, looking at their offense right now, averaging twenty points a, uh, a game at sixth in the league, or it's about less than uh, under ten. So you know they're one of the actually twenty point seven. So they're in the bottom five in points scored per game. Um, they're struggling to run the ball. They're the second lowest ranked team running the ball. Um, and even passing the ball, they're still under top 10. So, you know, that offense is really struggling. Their defense has certainly bailed them out at some point. Um, but, like I said, I think that the close games are starting to catch up with them. And it's, it's, it's just too difficult, too difficult to continue that pace. So, right now, 5-2 and two, uh, along the board as well. Um, at this point, from at this point after week seven, who – is the best team in the SFL to you right now? Um, I think it's a toss-up, to be honest, between Denver and Fort Worth. Um, you know, I think Denver's offense is a lot better, but, you know, defenses win championships, and Fort Worth is only allowing uh, 10.6 points per game. Uh, literally the lowest in the league. Uh, the second lowest in passing yards, uh, second lowest in rushing yards, and the lowest in total amount of yards per game. Um, every other team except for them has uh, allowed over 300 total yards of offense. Denver isn't far behind. Um, I, I'm leaning towards Denver uh, just because of their offense. Um, but Fort Worth is up there. 
uh, and they've been a contender all year, and I think he's going to be a contender throughout the playoffs. So, shout out to Fort Worth. They've done a great job. I still believe that Denver, and I think the game, and when you play them, you kind of see them up close. You really kind of focus on them a lot. The offense is great. The defense, the defense will sketch you. You're saying all season one, the defense isn't great, but when it came down to it, when you had the ball inside the 10, in the final minutes, they stopped us. They stopped us when they needed to stop us. So my big issue was, can they get a stop when they need a stop? Against us, they got that stop. So I think that's what's kind of pushed me back up on the Denver bandwagon a little bit because the question was always, can they get a stop when they need a stop? They stopped us. So in my case, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to answer my question. <laughs> yeah, and, and Eddie just pointed out uh, in the chat <laughs> that Fort Worth uh, <laughs> record is 13-27 and 27 against opponents. Uh, okay, but you're still going to win those games. Um, I, I would love to see, and I don't know if I can do it fast enough, uh, Denver's opponent records. I'm not sure what that would be like. Um, but I think he might make a, he has a fair point there that they've had an easier schedule. It's, tr- it's true. And I, I, think, I think Eddie gave us a good point. They still have to win the game. That's like, even when against the yeah, competition, exactly. and there's many a time where teams play down to their competition. You know, as a New York Giants fan, as a New York Mets fan, as a New York Rangers fan, as a New York Aviators fan, I know well about my teams playing down to competition pretty often. So if you can beat the lower competition, that's great, because you might lose against better competition. They are winning. Yeah. The defense is really good, but there's a valid point. If they face a good team and they go on a run a good team, can they compete too? Yeah, and I think that's gonna we're gonna have to look at that um, how they really compete against the great teams right now in the SFL. Uh, let me just look ahead to see who they're playing. So they have Las Vegas, and eh, they're an okay team. Um, then they have Houston, a decent team. Uh, Mexico City, that's gonna be again to watch week ten. Uh, Mexico City, I think is. Five and two right now, so that's 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 going to be a key game for them. Uh, and then they got the London Knights. Uh, London's been okay. I know a tough loss this week, but they're up there. And um, they finished off the season at Lone Star, which could be a tough divisional game. I, I think Lone Star has been somewhat of a disappointment this season. But yeah, I, I think they're going to have to prove themselves definitely against Mexico City. Um, that's going to be a game to watch in the future. All right. So that is your week. Seven roundup. Um, now we've been gone for a couple of weeks, and obviously there was a, a there's a situation, if you will, on the Dave Axis show. You can hear Dave Axis tweeting Thursday on Twitch. Um, and a couple, I think it was last week we had on last week we had on Shan Varner. Shan Varner is the new offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Um, and I think. If you're listening, you know the whole Shan story. I'm not going to go through everything that happened, blah, blah, blah. You know about it. We weren't here, so I think we had to kind of discuss, especially myself and Ben, because myself and Ben, we were on the Chicago Wildcats last year when all that stuff kind of went down. Um, and I know, Ben, you and I kind of spoke um, with, through chat about, like, what was going on. What, what were your thoughts about not so much Ashley Jackson's interview, because I know that happened with last week, but the Shan interview on access. What was your thoughts about that interview? 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I went on. Uh, we both went on Axis Live the night after and talked about it. Uh, you know, I I think you know they were obviously a bit aggressive, but uh, I don't know. I'm honestly kind of sick of it, to be honest. I just I don't know. I just kind of want to put it away um, and just not bother with it anymore because that whole fiasco just kind of bothered my mind a bit, and I'm just. Yeah. Honestly, I had enough with that. So, yeah. but um, you know, it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's so divided in the league right now. You're either on his side or you're not on his side. There's there's no in between. Um, so you know, well, it, I don't well, know. Here's the question. I think the bigger, and I think when the interview happened, it was was being too hard. Was the question too difficult? Was it too confrontational? I think it was the right tone because, you know, not only is Dave a content creator for the league, Dave is a player. You know, Dave is management. And the actions of one could could affect a few. So I think he had a reason to kind of go the way he did because, you know, he, he's for this league. And something like that can take the league down. I know it, it, it sounds very dramatic, but it, it's possible. So I think the tone that Dave took in the interview with the right tone, especially for the first one. I think the rest of them, and some, I think the apology tour they're calling it, it'll lighten up and it'll lessen and there'll be, you know, there might be more people willing to give chance, another chance. And more willing, but you know what, we paid his debt to leave, we're done. But I think it was necessary for that tone to be taken in the first interview back. And, and, and you know, I always want to give people second chances. And, and I honestly went into that uh, like I said, I went into the Dave Axis show open-minded because I just I wanted to hear it too, and I think everybody deserves to have a voice, you know. Uh, but it's just that aggressive tone that kind of turned me off uh, from the ownership, and it, it was just frustrating to see it because we, I don't know if anybody else in the league will understand what what we went through, but it wasn't as bad as with Greg Soto what he went through in the whole, you know. Uh, shit show that happened there um, and, and for other guys that were a part of that team and luckily we were only first year players so I wouldn't say, I'm not saying we weren't invested in the team because we were with the show but some guys have been on that team forever uh, you know, and they've had you know more investment in that organization and stuff um, but we'll have to see uh, he's, he's He's certainly done a great job in Houston so far. Um, they're on a roll. Um, it will be interesting to, you know, go up against this team this week. Um, hope for a big game uh, from myself. This, you know, but uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I think I think enough of it said. I think we haven't covered just because we you know we've been off for a couple of weeks. Um, has mentioned earlier in the phone call with uh, with Jacob. There were some missing awards given out, and um, it was written before week seven. So I think that was a caveat in, in the article. That is, note that it was written, written before the season passed game, so before all the performances you know, on our end or on the league, they were not taken into account for, um, for the missing awards. At first glance, then, what award is the correct selection at this point? So I really do think... McChesney as MVP is probably right spot on right now. 
Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's the obvious one when I'm looking at this. Um, and, and I think offensive player of the year, Colin Pepper, um, is certainly a good choice. I mean, he's he's been an awesome uh, uh, throwing the ball. Um, looking at defense, uh, one person that sticks out to me that you know I think could possibly be up there in the, in the name of a contender, but Iverson Gamble, he's had a hell of a season, man. Uh, I, I'm just uh, my stats are loading right now, but he's had a phenomenal season. This is obviously before week seven, but uh, I'm not sure about Colin Douglas. Um, he's obviously a great safety, don't get me wrong, but Iverson Gamble's played really well. I think he has about three touchdowns this season, um, the most in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, here we go. Yes, three touchdowns. Uh, he has five interceptions, uh, 210 10, uh, interception yards obviously this is this is after week week seven so um can't really say much uh but he's done a fantastic job six pass deflection uh colin douglas obviously with 14 four interceptions but that that touchdown um the three touchdowns and 210 yards that really sticks out to me so if if it weren't going to be colin douglas i would definitely put iverson gamble um as the defensive player of the year or Shot Allen too. Don't forget about Shot Allen. He's he's had two touchdowns and yeah, he has eight interceptions. He's leading the league in interceptions right now. Uh, nine pass deflections. Yep, Bob Funk four interceptions in that one game. Uh, I would probably put Shot Allen uh, ahead of Bob Funk just the way Shot mm-hmm. Allen's played this year. Um, but yeah, those, those, those are my three players. But I I really like Iverson Gamble. At defensive player of the year. Yeah, the one category that's really, really, really stacked is the offensive rookie of the year. You have Cam Curtis, Bulabaleski, Christian Brown, Kevin Stay. I think it's a four-person race right now. I think those four guys, either four of them, I don't think it's a front runner for offensive rookie of the year. I think all either one of these guys can win it because it's just they're just playing these lights out right now. All these guys and. Really helping to see, but you Kevin say DC struggling, but it seems like the one constant on DC season Kevin say. Yeah, well, this past game he had 185 yards. Like, but this 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 came out before this game, um, so you can't really take that into effect. But I think Kevin say, I mean, as the as the article says, the Dragons' offense relies almost entirely on his legs, and that is definitely true. I mean, he is their offense. I'm not degrading any of the other players on that side of the ball on their team, but he, he's really their main star so far, um, and he's done a great job. I don't mind Cam Curtis. He's, he's, done a, he's had a great season so far uh, looking at passing. Uh, Cam Curtis. Who the heck is he? Uh, oh, well. He hasn't thrown as many touchdowns uh, as as uh, Christian Brown, um, so that might be an issue there. I, I yeah, and Christian Brown actually has more yards than him, um, so I don't know. Maybe I possibly um, Christian Brown should be ahead of him. I don't know about that. That's interesting. Why they made that choice there. Yeah, and, and like you said, this is four week seven, so week seven might. I mean, he, if he did another list today, I think it might 
flip around. And that just happens with you, yeah, I think, most of them. Um, who's your kicker of the year, Ben? Uh, kicker of the year? Oh, oh God. Um, <laughs> let me see. Let me pull up stats. Um, I'm going to mess with you because I was like, uh, Ben's like, wait, kicker? What? what? What are we doing? I, I mean, I guess the go-to one is Kramer Jackson because he never misses, and you never hear the end of that from that organization. It's just constant uh, uh, talk about Kramer Jackson being the GOAT. Um, but uh, Shark Tarkington had a good year, um, 18 for 18. Um, you know, Amy Shalizzi has kicked the most, but she's missed one. Um, so I would either say Kramer Jackson or Shark Tarkington um, has my nod. Uh, let's see, uh, Jack Lewis, 8 for 8 so far. He hasn't done bad um, for London, so we'll see. Um, I know he's helped, certainly helped that organization out in other aspects, but I think uh, scouting. So, uh, you know, this is his 8 for 8. Uh, he, he's certainly helping in other other areas of that team that's really benefiting them. And you can definitely tell, I think, and we all talk like up-and-coming teams, London – has been that dark horse team for me all year. I feel like they've definitely turned the corner organization-wise and with the scouting department, the, the, the moves they've made. I, you know, I, I foresee London really competing for a championship a lot sooner than a lot of people might give them credit for at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, me more than anyone kind of talked about how I wouldn't give uh, the kicker or puncher a big of a contract than that. I would focus on, you know, certainly other positions. Uh, but they've done a great job. Uh, I know there's, they, they lost a tough game this week, but they've certainly improved from past seasons, I mean. Um, so uh, a shout-out to, um, you know, the, the, the people that they've brought in, uh, like Chad Rowland, um, who has really turned that culture around there, and it's certainly benefited them this season. All right, so looking ahead to week eight, um, the actual schedule when the games are hasn't come out yet, but we do have who's playing who. Um, Portland, we are playing Houston. I called it earlier. I think that's a win for us. Um, what are your thoughts about that game, Ben? Portland versus Houston. Uh, Houston. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely want us to win. I hope we win. Like, I mean, I'm gonna really take really focus on this game this week because. You know, this is a this is a big one for you and me, especially, uh, and, and we know why. Um, but uh, like I said, if if our offense can get started early, that that's the key to this game. We need to score early, let the defense do their thing, then we'll be fine. Uh, but we, we we cannot let Houston take the lead because that defense has been solid the past two two weeks, especially against that tough Denver offense. Um, I think. Uh, um, Josh Miller threw five interceptions that game. Johnny Pickler, four interceptions. So they've been playing great defense like our own, um, our own secondary. So we're going to have to uh, be very careful throwing the ball this week. Um, you know, Matt Sell cannot make mistakes in this game, or, or we're going to be certainly in trouble. The other thing I'm curious about, too, is um, – I just had it in my eye, so I don't know Lothar, Sioux Falls. I think Sioux Falls, and I think it was, I can't remember exactly how many games it was. I think it was like four, that first three or four games they lost by less than seven points. 
It was like those heartbreaking losses. They finally got one of those really close losses, uh, close wins back. They won two in a row. Do you think Sioux Falls is making a run to try to get into the playoffs? I really feel like those close games hurt them early, but it might have helped them kind of in the long run. Or do you think this is kind of all for naught is done for the season? Uh, you know, I don't know. They're they're two and five right now, and I see the problem with them is no one really leaves their team ever um, in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, they barely lose people, so I don't know if a high draft pick would would even be beneficial because they're going to have too many people on the team because no one ever leaves. Uh, so I think you've got to make a run here. Um, if if you don't think anybody's going to be heading off to test free agency next year. You know, two and five now, uh, they're doing well. I mean, they're, they're getting there. And, uh, and I'm not, they're, they're not shocking the world about, you know, they're doing so great because they only won by one point this week. So <laughs> it wasn't like they won by 30. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge for them um, moving forward. But I got Lone Star in this game, honestly, dude. Lone Star, I think, is going to be very angry with last week. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't make picks um, uh, week seven, uh, my predictions, because I was I was so busy this weekend. Um, but, you know, moving against D.C., that, that's got to be frustrating, knowing with the weapons that Lone Star has on offense. And that's no knock against D.C., but, uh, you know, they were at home, too, and you got to win those games at home. Um, so I see Lone Star coming out. And kicking ass this week against uh, Sioux Falls. Another two and five team is the Louisiana Revolution. Um, what's wrong with Louisiana? I think that's the question I think needs to kind of be figured out. What do you think is the problem with Louisiana? It isn't even like one thing. Just, I'm, they have a, I'm trying to figure out who they are and what they are and what they do. Something just seems off this year in Louisiana. What, what do you think that could be? Yeah, it, it's it's very hard to try to tell what they are. Because one week they're winning by a lot and they're doing absolutely phenomenal, and then the next week they're absolutely getting destroyed. And just, uh, I mean, it, it's hard. Uh, the one factor I think is an issue: uh, Johnny Pickler, twenty-two interceptions. He's only thrown eight touchdowns. Has a QBR of 55.6. I mean, that is not good. That that is that's that's a struggling quarterback right there. Uh, 22 interceptions. I mean, that that that's tough. And he's a great quarterback, but you gotta limit the turnovers, man. And and if they can figure that out, they, they should be fine. Uh, but looking at the running back situation for them. Um, you know, registry are still struggling, um, and I'm not sure why. Uh, but you know, the offense is it's so weird because one week they're doing well and then the next week they're not. And registry is only averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Only has 22 receptions for 82 yards. That that is not enough. That is not enough at all. Uh, he needs to bring up that yards per carry because 3.7 that 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 is nothing, and that's not going to win the game especially with that type of running back when they need him sometimes is Johnny Pickler struggling and throwing interceptions and he can't get going. Well, they're screwed. 
Yeah, so like, I think last year when we did Wildcat Wisdom, that was the one that one guy mentioned besides the Chesney Lee was Randy Schreeder. And that was my that was my like first entry into knowing Randy Schreeder. I'm like, that guy's really good. And now he's really, really struggling and seems like they're kind of going away from him a little bit and focusing more on a passing game. When you have a stud running back like Randy Schreeder, you have to just he has to eat. You have to feed Randy Schreeder and they're not feeding him enough right now. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing, uh, KT, is that he's the second. He's had, he's the second most carries in the league at 169. Uh, Jared McChesney has 193 and is averaging 5.4 yards per carry. So their offensive line isn't doing a good job getting holes open for him. I mean, you know, he should be probably in the 4.5 to 5 yards per carry range. Uh, you know, he should be up there with Jared Pachesi. I just don't think that offensive line is doing enough um, to protect. I also feel like it's not consistent. I feel like he's getting a lot of carries, but, but I feel like and against Houston, they weren't down by a lot. They were like 14-8 or something like that. And I feel like you could still run the ball. I feel like it's, it's, they're really, it's selective when they run them. And there's it, no close to when you use them. If you look at Denver last week, and how do you use Machete? You look at um, Ezekiel Love and how do you use him. If you look at BG um, uh, Hollywood and how Lenny uses him, I feel like there's a flow to how a lot of these running backs are used, and for some reason there's no flow with Reggie Streeter in his carries right now. Yeah, and they only ran the ball with him 16 times, um, mm-hmm. and I think Chesney had 35 carries or something like that um, in our game. Pickler had 36 attempts. It's just the interceptions. If he if he can stop throwing interceptions, they actually have a chance possibly. Uh, you know, they're wide receivers, no one over 100 yards. Uh, you know, I don't want to say Saren Storm leaving is the cause of that. Uh, I don't necessarily think it is. Uh, and they should have chemistry by now because it's week seven of the season. Uh, you know, I think this is a time where you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers are in that rhythm and flow. Uh, but it, it's the interceptions, man. Got to cut those down. And I think Johnny Pickler can. And I, I hope he will because he's a great quarterback. So we'll have to see. All right. And my game of the week this week is going to St. Louis going down to Mexico City to face the Aztecs. Both teams 5-2. and two. We talked about St. Louis earlier and how we're, we're still trying to figure out if they're good enough, this is a game that will probably tell the public how good St. Louis is. So do they have a shot at Mexico City, or do you think Mexico City might actually... I, don't, I, I honestly believe that if St. Louis loses this game, the playoffs could be in jeopardy for them going forward. Am I bringing it along too fast, or do you think that's a legit way of thinking about St. Louis in this game? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say their playoffs are at risk of, uh, of being missed for them. Um, what I would say is that their defense needs to play very well this week. Um, Mexico City's averaging the second most points um, out of any team this season. Uh, and St. Louis defense is, is allowing the fourth less, uh, least amount of points. Um, so they're going to need a absolutely 
huge game from their defense. Uh, do I think they're going to do that? No. Um, th- their offense is certainly going to have to play a great game. Uh, you know, Christian Brown is a decent quarterback, uh, but their offense is, has somewhat struggled. They're in the bottom five of points scored. And I, and if you're going to keep up with Mexico City, obviously you got to score touchdowns. So we'll see. Um, but I, I do not see St. Louis winning this game. But I don't think their playoffs are at jeopardy. Uh, I wouldn't go that far yet. It's week eight, and they got four four games left after this one. Um, so I, I wouldn't go that far yet because they got Tulsa, which could two games against Tulsa left. So I mm-hmm. I don't think they lose those games. Um, but we'll so, see. We'll have to see. So, so he would have lost. St. Louis is still in the spot. Yeah I, yeah, I don't think they're going to be out of the playoffs with one loss. Because they got three home games left, too. Um, so, you know, you win one or two of those and then beat Tulsa away, you're going to be in. So, uh, I don't see an issue yet. Now, if they lose the next two games, uh, there should be alarm bells ringing. But just losing I mean, against Mexico they, City? I mean, if they lose this game, it's in a row. So, you, all, I mean, I, you I almost don't... have to sound some alarm. You have to sound some alarm at, you know, you start five and zero, you're five and three. Yeah, I, I, I guess, but uh, you know, they. But you got to look in the future too. I don't think the, their schedule is that too hard. I mean, they got Atlanta and Las Vegas, but if you win three out of the next five games, you're probably going to be in the playoffs. At you know, what are they? What are they right now? Four and three. So or no, five and two. Um, so. If you win three out of the five games, you know, you're going to be eight and four. So that that's most likely going to make the playoffs right there. So I wouldn't say yet. Like I said, if they lose the next two games, that that's when that's when you say, uh-oh, we're in trouble because we've lost four games in a row and we're starting to just spiral out of control. But, but, but they're facing good team this week, so I, I wouldn't say that yet. Is there any game besides the ones you talk about that you have your eyes on, or is that, or do you think St. Louis Mexico City could be that that game of the week that I think Charleston and Vancouver is going to be very good, uh, but also Arizona and Louisiana. Um, you know, we just talked about Louisiana and kind of their offense and stuff, but I really like that matchup right there. Should be a good game. Uh, Arizona's defense, uh, Bernard Smith, Iverson Gamble, they can have a big game in the secondary against Johnny Pickler. Um, I see Arizona rolling there. Um, I, I also see uh, Los Angeles traveling to Atlanta. That could be a good one, too. Atlanta coming off a big victory uh, against Baltimore and Los Angeles needing, uh, you know, some momentum after their tough loss against Charleston, only scoring seven points last week, so... I guess those games kind of catch my eye, but I, I think St. Louis and Mexico City, that that's probably going to be the game of the week right there to watch. All right. So that is your week eight roundup as well. Good luck to all the teams playing this week. Ben, as always, great show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. And um, like I said, I hope everybody has a safe and healthy week. And, uh, can't wait for I can't wait for week eight of football. Uh SFL football. Let's go. Week eight, Portland, Houston. Keep an eye on it.